0: our grand opening of our community center today, and I'm so excited about this. This is gonna be the place where we are gonna reach out in our community and serve our community in unique and amazing ways, and man, it's a great day in the life of our church. God, for many of those who gave, for many of those who broke their backs, getting carpet out, um, painting, organizing, working so hard. God, uh, in so many ways, who gave their time, their talent, their treasure to this community center. God, they're viewing it, maybe we all are viewing it, as the finish line. But God, we realize today that for us as a church, in this community, we're at the starting line. This is the beginning. And now is our time to serve our community in a unique and remarkable way to take people from darkness to light, from hell to heaven, God, from a place of no hope to a place of eternal hope. One, two,
1: three. I am so excited about the new community center. We have our own Backpack Buddies packing space. It's gonna be so much better, our own spot, great storage for all the food that we'll be packing.
0: This is the place now that we can offer to the community and, and invite them in to come and get to know us and, and to really serve them and love on them. And so there's going to be so many amazing things that take place in this new space that we have. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do here. It's going to be amazing.
1: So we've loved serving um, on serve days and helping our community. And it's made us closer to our church, wouldn't you think? Yes, yeah, so we've made so many closer friends here by being able to work together.
0: I just can't wait to see the wonderful things that we get to do through our community and for our community from this uh, this building. I'm
1: really excited for this new building. We are just coming in today because it's so beautiful that like, you have to see it. And also, we have great plans for our community to serve others and bless others' lives and also the, the life of our church.
0: God has blessed us with a wonderful worship facility but we really lacked the means to be able to touch the community. And the all-in generosity campaign allowed us to to do this, to be able to serve as a springboard for ministry and outreach in this community. Uh, It's just a wonderful opportunity for ministry. Last Sunday was a great day in the life of our church, wasn't it? It was amazing. Absolutely. You can give it up. Um- How many of you were here last Sunday for the grand opening or, and or, uh, went over to uh, the 4HHI event? Raise your hand. It was so much fun last week, and uh, I just want to thank you all for being a part of it. Really special that you got to be a part of it, Um, and for those of you who served, uh, we had uh, mentioned this last week, we had six different serve days, work days, and um, the total on that, we did a calculated estimate, which sounds like it's like an oxymoron, but I guess it's not, a calculated estimate of about $68,000 that you all gave in your time to contribute to that building, which is just amazing, amazing. So I want to thank you all so much for all that you did and uh, all that God, and I meant that, that prayer, um, that has been what God's put in my mind and in my heart, is that we are not at the finish line like we are at the starting line. And I believe that God's uh, got greater things ahead of us than he has behind us, and I cannot wait to see what he does through you and through what he does here on this campus now. And so it's just amazing, very exciting excited about that. Today, we are in week four, our last week in our series called No Strings Attached, and uh, we've been walking through the series. There's just a couple things. One is, is I, I want to encourage you, if you haven't been here, if you missed, to go online. If you click on media, hiltonheadislandcc.org, click the media button, and um, you'll be directed to um, the, 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 these past few weeks, and here's why I say this. Um, This particular series, I believe that we're going to look back on in the life of this church and say that this was a defining series, a seminal series, if you will, very defining in the life of our church. Because we are really answering some of the, the basic questions of why we do what we do, why we are for our community so much. And uh, so for, for many of you who are attenders and members, and um, even if you're in from Ohio for a week, that's great. Um, you know, we'd love for you to go out and listen just to, just to get caught up. And uh, one of the things that we place a heavy emphasis on is our community partners. And we have some amazing community partners. And I, I want you to hear from one of them today, um, Dave Bisbee. Why don't you come up here on stage? Dave Bisbee is a good friend. He happens to be a University of Georgia Bulldogs fan, like myself. Dave, I just got booed, man. That's not the first time. Probably won't be the last, but we got booed on that one. We had a perfect day yesterday The George Bulldogs did. We did. Because we didn't play. Right, exactly. So anyway, um, but uh, he is the community, uh, the volunteer coordinator for the community Thanksgiving dinner. He is often seen with, I kid you not, a giant blow-up turkey. So he keeps great friends so, uh, anyway, and, uh, Dave does an amazing job. I want you give it up for Dave Bisbee this morning? <laughs> Dave, for some, I can't believe it. It's, like, so hot, 85 degrees outside, and we're talking about Thanksgiving, but it is right around the corner. And we have this amazing event that takes place every year here on Hilton Head Island. Tell us a little bit about the dinner.
1: This is a uh, community Thanksgiving dinner, and this year will be our 21st year of uh, having the community Thanksgiving dinner here on the island. Um, We serve about 1,600 people, a sit-down, family-style Thanksgiving dinner, and the food is really good. (laughs) Uh, But to do this, we need a lot of volunteers. I I need about 350 volunteers every year to uh, make this happen. Uh, The good news is by the end of uh, October... Uh, I'm usually telling folks, I'm sorry, I don't have any positions left, (laughs) Uh, which is wonderful. And I would like to to tell you how proud I am of this church that for the last two years, this church has provided fully 25% of all the volunteers we've used. That's fantastic. That really is cool. And we really do appreciate it.
0: That's awesome. You, you said you need about 400 volunteers. Is that right?
1: 350. I so, cut it back from 400. Right. I, we have was, too many bodies. Pa, that was pastorally <laughs> speaking. We always
0: bump numbers up a little bit. All right. So, uh, hey, I want to, uh, it sounds like uh, it would be good if, if they want to serve, which Sean and I served a few years ago. Our family is going to be serving this year. Um, we're really excited about that. They need to jump on it because it sounds like those volunteer spots go fast.
1: Uh, I haven't, we haven't sent out an email to remind people about it. We haven't done anything. Yet this year, and I've already got 80 volunteers. Yeah,
0: a awesome. number of them from this congregation. Thank <laughs> that's you awesome. very much. That's great. <laughs> now, one of the things that there's a little bit of a misconception sometimes about the uh, Thanksgiving dinner that it's for those who may not be able to afford Thanksgiving, uh, those who are in need, and it is, but it's more than that. Tell us a little bit about yes, that. Yes,
1: uh, this is a community Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, when it was started, its purpose was sure, to provide a place for those who had the need, but it was also for people who would just otherwise be alone on, on Thanksgiving Day. It gave them a place to go and, and be with others as a family. Um, we, we get everybody. Uh, we have tourist families who this is their tradition. They come here every year to have Thanksgiving. Uh, as I told a, a Savannah TV reporter one year, uh, we we get everybody on the island. We get people that live in tents, and we get ladies wearing
0: Jimmy Choo shoes. So we get everybody. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Um, we really do, and um, it is a great event. It is uh, something that's been going on now. Did you say twenty? This will be the twenty-first year. Twenty-first year um, in this community. I want to encourage you um, to be a part of our the uh, community Thanksgiving. The, uh, it's free. You mentioned it's free, but there is a there is a way to give that. Morning. It is
1: it is absolutely free to everyone who eats, uh, but we do encourage donations. And 100%, every single penny of donation we get gets divided up between the Deep Well Project here on the yeah. island and Bluffton Self Help. So we're not only feeding people for a day, the community
0: Thanksgiving dinner has an impact beyond yeah. uh, Thanksgiving Day. It's fantastic, man. You do a great job, Dave. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thanks Thank for you. Our, our ability but to volunteer. Partner, <laughs> And if you want to volunteer, you can go to communitythanksgiving.com. You can also go. We have a link on our website. If you uh, go to the, our ministries and our local partners, you can find it there. It will link you over to that website. It's going to be a great Thanksgiving. I'm very excited about that. As we bring this series to a close um, today, um, I, I want us to to answer a question because so far, and I'm not going to take the time to go into review. I want to encourage you to go do that online if you've missed us. But but we've answered some questions the why, the how, the who about community ministry. And it really is our heartbeat. And if you were here, especially last week, you heard uh, my mentor, Mike Lynch, uh, just a fantastic guy who was in town, I think, answer some of the questions of how a church in Atlanta called North Star Church that Cynthia and I had the pleasure of being a part of um, starting. And, and he, I think, answered it in our statement for HHI. And uh, that, is, that is why we're here. We are here for the community, not the other way around. And so we as, as Hilton Head Island Community Church, we as God's people here on Hilton Head, we can be for the community. We can do it uh, by, by really serving and expecting nothing in return. We can do it by not, by not being about ourselves and serving the next generation um, without thinking about ourselves. We can do it by being for our community. But I'll, I'll tell you this, church, if we try to do this on our own, in our own strength, with our own minds, with our own power, we will fail. To see, I believe if we're going to do anything great for God, if you individually are going to do anything great for the Lord, if I am going to do anything great for the God, if we collectively as a church are going to reach this community, we have to have a dependence on God like we've never seen before. I think it's so interesting when it comes to, to this idea of talking to God and, and having communion with God, this idea of praying to God. And I hope you realize that it's one of the great unique things about our faith is that when, when Jesus died, the veil was torn, and we now have a relationship with, with the Lord. We can talk to him. We can at any moment, at any time, in any place, go to God and we can talk to the maker of heaven and earth. What a great privilege that is. But here's when we typically will pray. Here's typically when we'll go to God. It's when we get the phone call from the doctor that we weren't expecting. And it's bad news. We hit our knees. When we have a financial crisis in our family or in our business, or, you know, I mean, we, we all know, I remind you, it was 10 years ago we were going through the Great Recession, right? We all hit our knees a lot during those years. We may decide that we're going to pray and we're going to appeal to God. We're going to go to God and we're going to cry out to God, which we'll talk about in a moment. In those moments where a relationship breaks up or there's some kind of disaster and we are really good in those moments of hitting our knees. But sometimes there's this leap that we don't make to having that same mentality, that same desperation for God in our being for our community. And that's the kind of desperation that I want to have for Hilton Head Island, and that I want our church to have for Hilton Head Island. We can't do this on our own. We can't reach out and be for Hilton Head, and we can't um, you know, we can't share our faith and share our spiritual journey and help bring people to Christ. We can't do that by our If we think, now that we're at the starting line, if we think that we can go out into the unknown and do it on on our own, in our own power by ourselves, we will fail miserably. Happy Sunday to you. It's just the truth. And so I want to answer the question, how do we live on a prayer to be for the Hilton Head Island community? Yes, I borrowed a title of a song by an artist by the name of John. You can fill in the blank, the rest of it. John Bon Jovi, right? So some of you are like, man. You're my pastor. I don't want to, t- to hear you talk about Bon Jovi like that. You know, I don't want to hear that from you. Some of you are like, yes, all right. I took Cynthia to see Bon Jovi. It was years ago. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he, when he wrote this song, um, that he wasn't probably thinking about ministering to his community. But that's okay. We're going to borrow the song today. And I want to answer the question. I'm not going to sing it either. But I want to answer the question, how do we do that? How do we truly, truly live on a prayer to be for this community. And the first thing I want us to understand is that we need to learn what it means to abide in Christ, to abide in Jesus. If we're going to truly reach this community, if we're going to be for Hilton Head Island, we are going to have to start by resting and abiding in him. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 15. If you don't, the verses will be on the screen. Probably one of the most important passages, one of the most important things that Jesus ever gave us is from John 15. And it really should be a whole series one day. Um, That is something I definitely want to do. This is an amazing passage from John chapter 15. And I want to read all these verses, verses 1 through 11. Uh, uh, Let me read this today, and and let's ask God to, to lead us and guide us today. Jesus said this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3 says, Already you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. And look at verse 4. I want you to focus on this verse. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it, what's that next word again? Abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. I want to say to people when I read that verse that they say the Bible is just a good self-help book. I'm like, no, read John 15, verse 5. It says you can do nothing. That's not really self-help, right? That's not really self-help. That's God help. That's God reliance. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches that are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commandments, in verse 10, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that, you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You know, Jesus here does something really interesting. He connects bearing fruit. He connects like us being active and, and having that activity pay off. He connects it not with more hard work, he doesn't connect it with you've just got to try harder, you've got to be stronger, faster, smarter. Like He doesn't connect it with yet another thing to do. He connects bearing fruit to resting and abiding in Him. Because church, that's where we're going to find the source of our strength is by taking the time out of the busyness of the schedule and believe me i'm preaching to the choir right now literally and resting in jesus and spending time with him yes the the message of the gospel that god sent his son jesus to die on the cross and to rise again three days later so that um, so that the sins of the world our sins your sins my sins could be taken away from us yes For us who are Christ followers, there's action in that. Yes, there's activity in that. We talked about that the last few weeks on on evangelism. Yes, we're called to go out and to share. And if you want to learn more about sharing your faith, be here Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, 630, over in the community center uh, as we continue Roots. Roots is every Wednesday night. But we've been going through a series. It's our last. um, uh, Just walk across the room with, with really ideas on how to share your faith better. I want to encourage you on that. But I want you to hear this, church. I want you to hear this. Truly being a group of people that bears fruit requires us to hide away in that secret place where it's just us and our Savior. It requires us to get alone with Him. It requires us to spend time with Him. It requires us to read His Word and to dwell in His Word and to, to focus and meditate on the Word that He's given us. But so few of us, so so many of us, excuse me, don't ever take the time to do that. We go through our days, the alarm clock goes off, or our iPhone goes off, and we leap out of bed and we, we, we jump out in our cars and we go through our day and we don't stop to spend time with the one who gives us life in the first place. Sometimes we try so hard, but we forget to abide in him. And, church, if we're going to do something great for this community, for Christ, we have to learn that fruit is produced from abiding. Not trying. Fruit is produced from abiding, not trying. And that means we spend time with God. I love Francis Chan. He was talking about this. He was talking about the fact that so many of us, we know that there's times when we need to go up to the mountain and we need to get alone and we need to spend time with God. But so many of us want someone else to do it and we just want to reap the benefit. Like we want someone else who's smarter or someone else who's more spiritual or someone else who's in that leadership position to go up to the mountain and to bring back the word from the Lord like Moses did and hand it to us so that we don't have to do the hard work of of going up to the mountain, mountain and being with God. And he says so many of us are waiting at the bottom of the mountain and he said sometimes we're just content to take a selfie with someone who's been with Jesus. I love that. It's true, isn't it? It's true. It's true. We're just waiting for someone else to bring us that word rather than to go to the one who gives strength. And so we're going to be people who do amazing things for the Lord and reach our community for our community. We're going to learn that being people that live in a prayer means that we abide in Jesus. Secondly, it means that we rely on the Holy Spirit. It means that we rely on the Holy Spirit. So often we forget that the the very source of strength and power and wisdom and ability to, to bring people to church and to bring people to Christ and to reach out and be for our community is reliant on the power of God in us. And that power comes from God's Holy Spirit. It did in the Old Testament. It does now. Back in the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, Zechariah, who gave us the great message of what the future is going to look like, and he set the stage for Jesus to come, and he set the stage for his second coming one day. And Zechariah was essentially um, visited; he was visited by an angel, and this angel told him to bring this word to the nation of Israel to not go back to the old way of living in their sin. And in verse 6 of chapter 4 in Zechariah, he says, Then he, the angel, said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my... What's that next word? By my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If we're going to do anything great for God, it comes from first and foremost abiding. But secondly, it comes from the time that we spend. Because God's Holy Spirit, we've been in the presence of God and we've been with his Holy Spirit and we have that on our side. Even in John, Jesus said in John six sixty it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Listen, church, we are dead in the water if we don't fully rely on God's Holy Spirit. There, you know, with this whole idea of reaching out and being for our community and you having friends that you want to see come to church and maybe better their life or, or whatever the case may be. Um, there's, there's this idea that, like, for some of us, it's hard, right? Because, like, there's our part in the, in the equation, right? There's our part. Our part is to invite, to introduce, to engage. But we don't save We don't convict of sin. We don't even spiritually, like we participate, but we don't spiritually lead people to the Lord. That's God's part. And so there is our part in the equation, and there's God's part in the equation, and we must realize that, but we we also must realize that we join together with God in reaching this world for him. We join with him. And we join with him in prayer. And so we rely on God's Holy Spirit. And thirdly, if we're going to be people who are, are seriously living on a prayer when it comes to reaching our community, for him being for Hilton Head Island, the third thing that we're going to do is we're going to do what the psalmist did, and that is is we are going to cry out to God. That same dependence that we have when we get that phone call when that crisis comes, when that relationship breaks, that same dependence and reliance that we have in those moments of trouble will be the same kind of dependence that we have in being for our community and reaching to our neighbors and inviting people to maybe consider Jesus. The psalmist talks about this. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen, says, When the righteous cry for help, The Lord, what's that next word, the Lord, what? He hears, and then what does he do? He delivers them out of their troubles. Psalm 77, verse 1 says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. I love David because David, in moments of crisis, in moments of fear, Cynthia talked about fear earlier and giving our fears to God. Um, in those moments when, when we're in crisis, we can learn so much from David because he wasn't like, uh, I got this giant in my life. Hey, God, will you come along with me as I face the giant? Just come along with me just in case. He wasn't like there's a lion and I've got to deal with the lion and I've got this major ordeal and I've had this major crisis. David doesn't sheepishly go to God and go, "Hey, we 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 come along. Come along with me. See what happens." He cries out to God and he shows us what dependence on the Lord looks like. In church, that's what I want to become. That's what I want us to become as we embark on reaching this community for Christ. This new season, this new chapter, with this new place. I want us to not go out on our own thinking that we've got it. You can ask my wife. There are so many times that she'll ask me a question or she'll bring something up and um, Cynthia, she'll say something. Because she sees things that I don't see. Men, our wives, do that for us, don't they? She sees things. Somebody said amen. Uh, She sees things I don't see, and half the time, I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got it. You think I got it? No, I don't got it. I don't got it. Half the time, I don't. Got it. Sorry, I know it's poor English. But listen, church, we've got to spiritually and reaching our community and being for HHI, move from a place where we have this sense of self-reliance, like we've got this, to a place where no, we don't. But we have the power of God on our side to get it. And I believe in this so much that um, I'm bringing you in on the inside here a little bit today. Um, I usually plan messages and message series out, and we meet weekly on it. And I, uh, Cynthia helps me, and I get other people involved. And usually it's, you know, relatively speaking, except for my part sometimes, it's pretty pretty well planned out. And uh, <laughs> I, I said to Cynthia and, and our team after having a planning meeting that we had just planned the series that we're about ready to start next week. This was just two weeks ago. I said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I know I want to do Ephesians. We did Ephesians a few years ago. I wanted to do Ephesians again because we left so much meat on the bone. But God changed my heart and he's like, you need to do a series on prayer. And it wasn't, it wasn't on the five yard line because it was like three weeks out, two or three weeks out. But it was definitely in the red zone that I changed the game plan, changed the play. But church, I feel like we need this and God has been working on me and he's been convicting me that as the leader of this organization that nothing that we want to do and nothing that we want to accomplish great for God in your own personal life and my own personal life but in corporately as a church we ever will be able to accomplish without getting on our knees and crying out to God and abiding in him and I'm convicted by that church So we're going to kick off this series on prayer beginning next week, kind of beginning today, I guess. It's called United. I'm very excited about it. God is writing the story even right now, but we're going to do a few things. And today, as you walked in, you were handed this um, prayer guide for 2019. Uh, If you guys have these, um, if you were handed them, great. If not, I want to encourage you to, as you leave today to to go out. These are a list of eight prayers that I want to encourage you to pray in your own personal time with God. It covers the gamut. I'm going to pray it here at the end. And it covers a lot of different things. But church, for 2019, for the rest of 2019, this is the page that I want us to be on. And I'm going to encourage you to pray privately for these eight things. The second thing I'm going to have you do is, is if you can, join us Wednesdays, starting this week. There's the community center's right over there. There's a beautiful atrium that we had people clean up, and it looks amazing over there. And and on days where it's not 100 degrees, we'll meet in the atrium and individually and together, if God leads us, pray through these eight things. And if it's too hot, we'll pray in the kitchen, which is right next door. But I want to encourage you to be there from from noon to one if you can make it. Come when you come when you can, leave when you must. Um, but but I want us to pray corporately. And then I want us to go on a prayer journey, which is going to begin a week from this Monday. It's a 40-day prayer challenge. It'll begin on the 7th. It'll go through the 15th. We're going to use a book that, um, we've ordered some copies so you can purchase them here next, starting next week. Or you can go online to your favorite online retailer or bookstore and you can order. It's called Draw a Circle by Mark Batterson. It's a great kind of, um, like guide that goes along with Circle Maker, which is an excellent book that he wrote a few years ago on prayer, and I want to encourage you to to do that. It's a daily devotional for forty days, and then in October we're going to release a podcast. This is a really cool idea. Um, we're borrowing it from our partner Stan at the Gallery Church in Manhattan, and Stan did this for New York. We're going to have a, proc, a prayer walking or driving um, podcast, and that'll be released in October, so you can be praying as you drive and as you walk or maybe bike in this community in Hilton Head Island. And then lastly, we're going to get together for corporate worship and prayer. And I believe that's on November the 15th, if I'm not mistaken about that. So, um, so I want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. Be a part of, of this, this new season that I believe that God is leading us in to get on our knees and to pray. And to ask God... To go before us. There was a, a verse that Mike mentioned last week, and I want to leave us with this today. And it comes from Jeremiah, one, another um, prophet. Um, and it comes from him being led by God and prompted by God to be praying for his community. It's Jeremiah 29, verse 7. And it says this. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. Into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, you will find your welfare. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And, church, when I, as your pastor, say, Hey, I want us to be praying for the businesses, I want to be praying for the schools, I want to be praying for our first responders, that's why. Because Jeremiah and other prophets prayed for the success of the city of Jerusalem. And that sets the stage for us to be able to pray for the success of Hilton Head Island. But as we pray for the success, we need to be praying for the spiritual success of this island as well. So let's pray, church, like we've never done before. I, um, when I was growing up, I grew up in a great, great Christian home, and uh, some of you may have grown up in a home like mine, where um, every time we got together at a meal, we prayed. And I remember, um, like, I don't know how old I was, but I was probably in elementary school where I thought, um, every time we pray, we close our eyes. Why do we do that? Did any of you growing up ever have the thought as to why you close your eyes when you pray? Am I, I'm like me and Beverly. Thank you for being truthful, like three of you. I appreciate that. I know more of you thought that. You're just maybe not willing to say it. But anyway, I remember thinking, are they wanting, as my parents, are they watching me? My parents right now, like, they're inspecting me. Maybe they're going to my room, you know, seeing if I left my bed unmade or whatever in this moment. Like, is it a trick? Are they trying to test me? Like, what's going on? And as I got older, I realized that closing your eyes and praying is an act of reverence. Helps kind of, like, put distraction aside. But you know what it does? Kind of the negative part of it it kind of puts us in a position that maybe we've got our eyes closed to what God might do. And I want to do a little something different today. And it might feel weird for some of you who've been in church for a long time, but I want us to pray right now with our eyes open. Because church, if we are going to expect God to do great things, and I'm going to ask our band to come up, if we're going to expect God to do great things in and through this church, we also ought to have our eyes wide open, waiting and expecting and watching to see what God will do. Because if we take this seriously, he will do amazing things in and through you. And he'll do amazing things in and through us and he'll do amazing things in and through this community. So let's start today by praying with our eyes open. I know it's gonna be a little weird, right? For some of you, it's gonna seem a little strange. But let's practice this. And I'm going to pray through these eight things as we close here today. So will you join me in praying with our eyes open this morning? Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. And what you're doing in the life of this church. What you're doing in the lives of these, your people here on Hilton Head Island. And we cry out to you right now with our eyes open watching, waiting, expecting you to do great things. And God, we pray right now that you'll lead our church to the place where our joy and our contentment and our satisfaction are solely found in our personal relationship with you, Jesus. Father, I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus for our leadership, our elders, our stewardship team, our staff, I pray that we will follow the leading of your holy spirit in every area of decision making in this place father god i pray for our nation as well as our local and national community leaders as they're faced with many decisions that impact us god i pray that you would lead and guide them i pray for our church that we, your people, would be committed to patiently enduring hardship, suffering, and even persecution in every area of our lives. I pray for our kids and our students here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. God, I pray that you would prompt our parents and students to be here, to be engaged in community, and that they would experience life change and be encouraged to pursue their relationship with you. I pray for unity within our body of believers, that we would be committed to loving and serving each other with full grace and truth. I pray for every attender here at Hilton Head Island Community Church to identify their shape and then activate it by getting involved in the church body as well as our community. I pray for Hilton Head Island. I pray that you would allow it to prosper, that those who have not met you, those pre-Christians, that they would one day meet you. God, I pray for those who are in need in our community to be served by this church and by the churches and Christians in our community. And Father, I pray for the financial goals of all in of our church, that we will meet our goal of 3.5 by June of this coming year. God, I pray for all of these things and so much more. God, would you lead us? Would you guide us? And may we be faithful and courageous enough to follow you we thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. And I pray this all in the strong and the powerful name above all names, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.